boy, it's late. Boy, it's late. Hi, everyone. Welcome into Pro Football Ireland. <laughs> Draft Night Live. Just getting everything set up here. Michael McQuaid, uh, delighted to be joined uh, with Jeff Reinbold. Jeff, can you hear me okay? Is, is, is all this technology working? It's all working. It's the middle of the day over here, man. It's <laughs> This is draft day. There is no clock today. I've, yeah, so I, I changed it up this year and called it draft day instead of draft night. Um, and it certainly is a day with you. It's like, what, half one over there? It's it's 1.44. It's 12.44 in the morning over here. We are live until approximately <laughs> 3 in the morning, my time. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happened with picks and stuff. Um, I think two years ago, Jeff, it went quite quick. Last year, it was quite slow, so we'll see the crack. Um, can I first off start... Uh, this broadcast by thanking you for 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 coming on it's 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 going to be good fun uh, definitely appreciate you know every podcast that we do together but certainly on a night like tonight when it's live you know we are witnessing history here because at least you know for a lot of these players you know we are going to see them play for a long time in this league it's um it's definitely a night where i, I jeff I, I i know the new season starts in march but this is the start of the new season now, isn't it, tonight? There's no question. And, and you know, Jim, I listened to your uh, interview with Jim, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. And he, he did a great job of describing what it's like for everybody right now. It's not just the players. Everybody has a stake in this. Everybody's got skin in this game, from the owner to the head coach to the general manager to every regional scout, you know, every blessed old scout, everybody that has any say, the position coaches, the coordinators – in this process is all banking on it going a certain way and everybody's got their board stacked you know they'll they'll have 250 to 300 names on that board michael and and uh you know all all research everything has been done to make sure that there are few as few hiccups as possible in this moment because you know and and i think this is really interesting i, I I'm going to ask Jim next time I see him about how, what in the hell was he doing working out on draft week? Because most of the time those guys are locked into the personnel room and they're doing mock drafts where, for example, if you and I were working in the, in the personnel department, you might be the West coast scout and you know, you're going to be San Francisco and I'm the Midwest scout and I'm going to be the bears and everybody would have a responsibility. So when your, t- when your turn came up, you would pick for that team and they do it so that whenever there's a scenario that plays itself out, it could be a trade, could be a, you know, a reach by somebody, you know, last year we, we saw the reaction of the Rams personnel office and, and coaching staff when the Patriots reached for an offensive lineman that they didn't even have rated, you know, as a day three guy. So, you know, when those kind of things happen, it sends shockwaves down the rest below it, right? Right now, the phones are ringing all over the National Football League, and guys are trying to work deals, trying to get up, get back, get more picks, all of it. So if Jim was working out these days, I got to talk to him. There's got to be a reason for that. Yeah, it was it, it was good crack chatting to Jim and chatting to Sam as well, and and obviously thanks to everyone that's come on over the last few weeks. I've I've really enjoyed chatting with you, Jeff, over the last few weeks, getting the getting the insight leading up to the draft. Uh, people's draft was great crack on Sunday nights, and it's probably for something that is is uh, so it could, 
it takes time to edit. It's something that I find really, really enjoyable this year. Just the interaction with fans. I got a comment here from Ian. Top tip to keep me awake for the draft before going in to teach tomorrow. Well, Ian, here's a secret. I'm going in to teach tomorrow also. So, we're grand. Just go to bed at like me. Get up at seven. Do what Jeff's doing with that coffee. Coffee. And, uh, That's my, I, hey, listen, you know, I, I got it on the other end because I had to get up and be in a Zoom meeting this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning my time. So, I have been up since 2 o'clock in the morning my time. And I'm just going to power drink this coffee and stay awake baby because this is this is i love this this is one of the best days next to the super bowl is probably the best day well people's draft and then the super bowl yeah you're right that's how it is hey <laughs> about the people's draft mike you know what was really interesting i thought now this is a testimony to how knowledgeable the uk and ireland fans are when we put that out for those people to make the choices in the draft order that we're working from right now mm. I think it fell very, very close to what may happen tonight. And that's an indication of just how well the fans in the UK and Ireland are, are following the game, you know? And you know, that guy right there, Keith Kelleher, he's one of those he's one of those kinds of fans. He loves everything that you, you know we do on social media and Twitter and YouTube. And you know, that's that's one of the, one of the reasons why we do what we do. He's a big Dolphins fan as well. I'm, I'm going to put this customary audio thing in right now for people on the podcast. Happy Friday morning. Happy Saturday morning, folks. This is a recall of a live broadcast that took place during the draft on Thursday night. We will be back at some point over the next weekend to talk about the draft, but you're listening to a play-by-play or reaction to the podcast. Michael McQuay, Jeff Reinbold. We're going to have a Colin Diggin from the college PFI in as well. Jason Hayes, who's a big Cardinals man, part of PFI, in about an hour and a half as well. But me and Jeff are going to try and shake it up a bit. Um, hey, Ian hey. is saying, enjoy the evening. Thanks for your great coverage. Best day of the year. Thank you very much, Ian. I know it's it's going to be a good night, Jeff. It's going to be. Appreciate that, Ian. Hey, first thing, before you bring that college guy back in, right? Jerry Jerry Glanville used to call him Bula Bula guys, right? Before you bring that Bula Bula guy back on, tell him to get out of that Boise State jersey he was wearing, <laughs> Boise State coaching gear he's wearing. He's killing me with that. <laughs> I hope he hasn't seen this, and I hope he comes on with it now. Uh, <laughs> Keith's obviously a Dolphins fan. It's a short night for me. Stay and see pick two and head to bet. Keith, come on. Step to pick five at least. I mean, no harm, but if you're in Ireland or the UK or wherever and you're staying up um, to watch the first two picks... Watch the first five. Get get through the two o'clock. Get get the five hour sleep. Jeff, um, just for just so everyone is aware of this, I have got well Sky Sports NFL Network coverage on the background here. So we we are going to try and go on that. Um, obviously Ian Rappaport, certain people do tweet before things happen, and one thing that he tweeted today was about Lamar Jackson about four or five years ago, and I've just got a message from this lad Connell who just said. He will now wear the Boise State jersey for fun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jeff, it's funny because I think I think were we talking about this in the sense of like Aaron Rodgers, which is which is another thing that's happened since we last spoke. Obviously, that got done over the last few days. He's presented yesterday. Um, I think a lot of us thought that maybe the Aaron Rodgers saga might drag on to tonight a wee bit, and then and and then Lamar might go past that. Um, is it like? the end of a saga now it's it's almost like sad that we're not seeing this happen now tonight or do you think it was always going to happen and it was just a matter of 
there's more drama. You can, that, I mean, this, there's guarantees. There's a couple guarantees in pro football, Michael. One is that you're, as a player or a coach, you're going to face adversity. Number two is that there's going to be constant drama. And, you know, I, I commend uh, Lamar for doing his deal by himself. It wasn't easy. I mean, he's, you know, think about that's a big, big contract. And, whether that was 3% would, would have been his agent's take or whatever, that he saved himself a lot of money on that deal. I, I really am glad that he got it done before the draft. I think maybe the OBJ thing started to move it along, and then there was some speculation out there that the, that the Ravens might go with Richardson mm. from Florida, and I don't know if that might not have had some, in, you know, some input into uh, his thinking. I'm – I saw the video that he released. He seems to be happy with uh, Lamar. Lamar seems to be happy with the contract that he got and anxious to get back and be with his team. I, I think his teammates will welcome him back. And if you're a Ravens fan, you got to feel way better about today than you did about yesterday. It's it's funny because yes, you do. And looking at the fact, like, I I haven't got the 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 year by year breakdown in front of me because it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting in the living room with a a shanty table and a cup of tea and a can of seven up here but I, I don't have the year by year breakdown for it but you know go back to Masters weekend and the golf two or three weeks ago and I, I think it was a 17th green it was announced that Odell Beckham obviously took over the Masters social media and um, it was announced he was going to Baltimore and you're, the first thing that comes into your head is well how the hell did they work that out financially that, that doesn't make sense there, there's no way that they're going to be able to get both guys in and, and they did and I think that's a testament to the Baltimore Ravens organization. It gives them longevity that position now, and it it puts that to bed, especially in that division where, you know, Baltimore. I think they brought in a couple of quarterbacks to look at in case, but Ravens fans, especially in in Ireland, the UK, wherever, will be going to bed tonight or or later on your time and and feeling very very comfortable knowing at least they have Lamar and they've got some consistency there. So, um, I don't know. It's um. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I, if there are moments tonight, Jeff, where I, I'm looking at my phone, it's because, you know, I've got every man, woman and child under the sun on auto tweet here. Um, one thing that, like, all right, look, let, let's just get into this, right? Because we're, as of right now, we are officially five minutes out from, well, apparently the draft starting and apparently um, the Carolina Panthers being on the clock. So we expect them to take a quarterback. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. The biggest sort of talk of the week, Jeff, until today has been Houston at two. What do you think Houston does at two? Because that was um, like that's that, that's a really interesting possibility for me. Well, I think Houston's one of those teams that's on the phone right now, and they've got a coveted pick. There are two elite quarterbacks in this draft, and I'm talking about elite ones. I'm not talking about potential first rounder because some some of these guys are going to get overdrafted into the first round, but. If you look at Bryce Young and you look at C.J. Stroud, you're talking about two elite quarterbacks. The Texans sitting at two know that they're in a position to take one of those guys, right? Now, here's what they're also in the position to do. Is any quarterback needy team, and there are plenty of them out there, they are now in a bargain, a good bargaining position for that pick. And if you're the Texans, 
toxins, the thing that you have to be alert for and aware of, and I'm sure Nick Casario and his staff are thinking this, we have multiple needs. We have multiple holes in our football team. So if we trade down to another spot in the first round and get multiple seconds, thirds, whatever, they, you know, they could get a haul, and I mean a haul, and maybe another first rounder next year. It just depends on how much somebody needs a quarterback or feels like they want one of those two top quarterbacks. Mm. And then the Texans can improve more spots in their team. If you go, let's say, and I, the way I think it's going to go, Young goes first and Stroud goes second. Now the Texans have their quarterback, but they still have all the other holes in that in that roster. Now, you know, it wouldn't be like the NFL, Jeff, or something not to be happening right now. We, we've never done this before. Like, we've obviously a podcast. We've talked to people live. There is stuff going on here, um, which I'm just going to read out here now. There is a comment, but I will just read out here. The Eagles... And the Cardinals uh, apparently have settled a tampering investigation. Um, and I'll just read out. So basically the Cardinals and the Eagles have agreed a settlement on the issue concerning an instance of impermissible contact by Arizona during January. The Cardinals self-reported to the NFL that the general manager, Monty Ossenford, had a phone conversation with then Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon in the days following the NFC Championship game, a period during which contact is not permitted under the league's anti-tampering policy. To resolve the matter between the two clubs, the Cardinals and Eagles have agreed to swap third-round picks and the Cardinals receive Philadelphia's fifth-round selection in 2024. I mean, really? Is this, is this, how is this coming out six minutes before the start of the draft? <laughs> I mean, like, how is this even a thing right now? Like, no? You know, I can't tell you that, but I know this tampering thing is so crazy. I was talking to my agent the other day, Michael, and he's a big time NFL agent. And we were talking about free agency. Mm. And he told me when he went to Indianapolis for the combine, which is in the period where you're not supposed to talk to, to teams about players. Yeah. He had 16 different meetings with NFL teams while he was there. And, it's just amazing. You know, it's just everybody just kind of smiles and looks the other way. But apparently this time, uh, you know, somebody didn't look the other way. And, you know, this happens every once in a while. It's, you know, they'll get the wrist slapped. They'll pay their fine and they'll move on. But, um, you know, it's just it's the way it is. If you think they can get all those deals done, right? Think about it, Mike. These guys, 10 minutes into free agency, are signing these contracts for big time money. And, mm. you know, those things are those things are about 17 pages long. Right. And there's all kinds of writers and all that. How in the world are you going to get that through in that kind of time? Obviously. So, you know, it's just part of the business It's part of what happens in pro sports. I'm going to copy Jeff's show here and say, if you're from Ireland, tell us what county you're from in the comments. Big shout out to Luke Walsh. Keith Callagher watching his talking ball saying keep her lit and DC saying the tampering is some way to start the 2023 script. Script is an interesting word. If the league scripted, um, I mean, Trey Lance will go to New England. Uh, the Jets will win the Super Bowl. Yada, yada, yada. Did you, just while we're waiting, Jeff, so we're about to go live here now for round one. I'm presuming that the clock is going to go on very, very shortly here. Did you get a chance to watch um, Rogers 
press conference in New York yesterday, or did you get a chance to to watch it? I, he, he he looks very chill, Jeff. He looks very yeah. Good. I thought he did a great job, and you can see he's a professional. You can see he's been through this a bunch. He is uniquely suited for dealing with the with the New York media. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But man, oh man, were were people in New York excited? Were you know you, when you look? <laughs> Robert Sala looked like a kid at Christmas. I mean, he's bouncing around all over the place, and then. Then he goes out and practice and throws a laser to Lazard and jet starts were swooning all over the, you know, Manhattan. So it's going to be interesting to see how Aaron does in, in that situation. And, you know, he, it was, it was interesting, interesting to see Brett Favre come out and say he thinks he's going to do real well. Age is but a number and my skybox is about to go in the standby mode. Let's see. Oh, okay. Here we go. Don't know why it's doing that, but uh, here we are. So the covers has kicked off. The Carolina Panthers. It does not say they're on the clock, but they've already now. They've got like the the round one pick one thing up. I'd love to like find a way, Jeff, legally where you could like crop like the bottom of the NFL Network coverage, like the very very like the ticker, the ticker under this, and then just chat away is that legal i don't know uh, i'm going to try and get connell come in here in a few minutes to talk about the ball as well and um, i just hate the way this this time of the draft where they drag this to hell man like they drag this and drag this and michael, for some reason michael why it's entertainment this is the nfl is entertainment it is big business the longer it takes the more commercials they get to sell the whole deal so this thing ain't going fast. You can count on it. You're right there, mate. Now I, now I actually think about it and remember this. I, I'm down in Dublin tomorrow night if anybody wants to join us. We've got a party for round two and apparently round three, but something tells me round two will be going on by the time the bar closes still. Um, you're more likely to come down, check it out, profootball.ie. Hit me up on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL. If I don't reply to you, it's because... I'm probably going to be very tired in the morning, but it's all good. As Jeff said, this is entertainment. Uh, this is you know we're we're watching um, history unfold here. You know you you go back 12, 13 years whenever certain guys were drafted. Cam Newton, Von Miller. I remember RG three being drafted and thinking he was going to be the next god in the league. Jeff, so it's uh, it's grand. I've got I've got Boise State's biggest fan here. If you're ready to speak to him, uh, I'm not sure if you've spoke to him before. <laughs> Connell. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? You good? I'm very good. How are you? I'm, I'm grand. You I'm grand. Get that jacket. So, um, one day, me and my friends were just walking around, like, the city where we go to college in Galway, and um, there was, like, this pop-up, like, kind of retro market that were, they were just selling whatever they had. And then we go in there, and then, you know, me watching American football, I'm like, is that Boise State? <laughs> that boys' stage so i go in there and it was like they were selling for like 30 euro and i was like sure i may as well buy it if, if it's only 30 euro so you know this is this is what we have now the, the big blue field and the the boise state broncos so th- that's that's why we have this i i spent many a unhappy hour on that blue field in boise state they do a great job that's one of the that's really one of the top programs in the United States for what they get done with the resources that they have and the players, you know, you're in a state, Idaho does not produce a lot of, you know, division one prospects. And, you know, they, they seem to be able to go out and find them and they coach them extremely well. And, and, you know, Dan Hawkins 
Chris Peterson and on 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 through that whole, you know, bloodline that they have up there have done a great job. Um, can I just very quickly talk about the background that Connell has here? Oh, this is uh, pretty incredible. Bill Belichick's dog. Yeah, that's Bill Belichick's dog. Good lord, um, Connell, you, you've been very vocal on this, and I'd love, I'd love to give us your opinions very quickly. I'm sure Jeff will jump in here as well. Like, um, what do you think is going to happen in the first few picks? Obviously, like Jeff's mentioned there, but what, what could happen at two? We've seen the night Cardinals might trade down. What do you think could happen? So number one, I think uh, I'm fairly locked in that it's um it's going to be Bryce Young, and I think that's kind of everyone else's consensus kind of at this point. Then number two is like I have I can talk myself into the Texans doing either or because to me to for me I actually don't think they trade out, but then it's either they take a quarterback. In, I'd say they probably take Shroud. It, that's that's most likely what I could see them doing if they do pick up a quarterback, or they just go for okay, let's just take best player available, and they take either a Jalen Carter or a, a Will Anderson. And personally, I'd probably go for Anderson just based on their kind of team needs. Um, then number three, I feel the Cardinals would trade would be more likely to trade away if they if Will Anderson doesn't fall to them, but if he if he does fall to them, or if he doesn't fall to them, they could definitely just trade out of there, take some draft picks and get what they can with them. And then whoever the call the Colts get whatever quarterback falls to them. Jeff, some great analysis there. Not, not, not a mention of Will Levis at all. I'd two or three. No, and I, 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 I wouldn't mention Will Levis in that conversation either. I mean, really, in my mind, there are two bona fide division our first round picks at quarterback in this draft and that that's young and stroud and everybody else their reach is in some way will levis is extremely strong he's physical he's tough but when you watch the tape and this is the thing that that makes the draft so frustrating sometimes is people get caught up in numbers they get caught up in carnival acts like the thing where richardson hit the roof at the at the at his pro day i mean <laughs> what does that prove to me absolutely nothing it is, other than he can throw the ball up and hit the roof right but the next time the roof is running a pass pattern then i'll worry about it right because you don't throw to the roof you you, you throw to people and he has a 53 percent completion percentage now josh allen was sub sixty as a as a college player at Wyoming, was a sub sixty as a junior college player out of Reedy, California. But I'm telling you, the bottom line is is he developed. Richardson does not have a great body of work, right? There's some you look at it and he does some amazing things on tape, and then you see him just go what, right? You don't you can't win in the National Football League with with 53% throwers with guys that that are you know miss layups i mean I, and i say this all the time guys when you're open in college and when you're open in the pros are two completely different things and your accuracy has to be so much better in the nfl because everybody can close everybody can cover all the linebackers know where the passing lanes are it is so much it's it's such a faster game, right? 
it's more exact. That's why it's called pro football, right? That's why 3% of the college players ever get an opportunity even to sign a contract and 1.5% ever make a roster. It's the elite of the elite. And so if you're not elite in college, it's really difficult to project you to be elite in the pros. Now, some guys do it, right? But are you willing to are you willing to put your name on a guy as a GM in the first round who's that much of a developmental guy? Some people will, some people won't. Me, I'm not, right? I want proven players. I want guys that I know will come in. And you mentioned Will Anderson, Colm. That's a clean prospect. That's a guy you want to take in the first round. Great character, great work habits, great productivity at an elite level school, right? Ticks all the boxes, right? You, when, when you look at, we, went, we sat here last year and everybody fell in love with Walker and he goes first to, to Jacksonville. He has three sacks. And at the end in the playoffs, when, he, when it's really on the line, He's not on the field. Why? Because he wasn't good enough, right? He he wasn't. He was a non-productive college player on a great college football team. On the other hand, Hutchinson falls out of the first pick. Why? Because he didn't run as fast and jump as high. And he goes, but he's a better player on film. He goes to Detroit, has nine and a half sacks, two interceptions, what all the stuff that the kid did, right? And if it wasn't for Sauce Gardner, he's rookie of the year in the National Football League. Okay, So production matters, right? Yes, you want him to be bigger. Yes, you want him to be faster. Yes, you want him to be, you know, jump high and all that other stuff. Bryce Young threw 35 touchdown passes against, I think it was four or five interceptions at Alabama, right? You watch what he can do with his feet outside the pocket. That's where I give him an edge against Stroud. And I like Stroud a bunch. And Stroud's bigger and Stroud's more, you know, of a pocket guy. But the game, the way the game is played now in the NFL, it's much, much more like the college game than it's ever been. And so those guys who can move around and create outside the pocket are critical. Of course I don't think you're saying I don't think you're, you're going to get any better analysis. <laughs> <laughs> all night and not Jeff and that, that was that was like spot on unbelievable while you were speaking Panthers are on the clock Patrick Mahomes walked out like some sort of big man with the Lombardi trophy to the crowd as if he was um, but Panthers are on the clock and you know somebody has I'll, I'll not say who it is but somebody on Twitter has spoiled you know the pick I'm not going to lie like there's, there's no point um, anybody want to speculate who that pick might be while we wait, and I think I saw it as well, but I mean, it, was, it <laughs> I feel like it was the. I can't believe yeah. it was. Uh, I I can't believe the draft and will will have us first, Jeff. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure, surely, Jeff. If you're in the room right now and you like, this is the thing that I like. I know it's entertainment, right? But if mm-hmm. they know who's the, if they know who they're gonna pick right now, like, get the pick in. Let's go. Let's move on. Keep her let on to the second pick. Let's roll. Just let, let's just roll through the whole thing. Well, you know, it, it, think about it. You know, it is, it, there, it, this, there's strategy to this. You hold, it's like, if you know you, you've got the best hand in a poker game, 
right? Mm. You're going to hold it. You're going to hold on to it as long as you can, right? The same thing's true here. They've got the best. They've got the best pick. So why, if you, let's say I don't know what we are, ten minutes on the clock or whatever, but if you ought to wait till nine thirty because somebody just might remember the year. You two guys are probably too young for this, but do you remember the year when Dick was the head coach in New Orleans and traded his entire draft for Ricky Williams, his entire draft. So people will do some crazy things because they get desperate for a guy, right? We don't know who might just love one of those two quarterbacks so much. They're willing to give Carolina so much. They can't say no because Carolina, you know, they got holes too. Big time. And it, it, it goes back to not only how Carolina played last season, Connell, but the way in which they ended. They didn't give the guy the job. In my opinion, they should have got the job. I like Frank Reich. A whole different strategy comes in, and, and, and the Panthers now have a situation where they're now the number one pick, and, and they control this draft. What, what we'll do is, when the pick's made, I'll, I'll get Jeff to give his instant trademark reaction with a maybe a Ric Flair or something actually probably not Ric Flair it's too late at night for that for us but uh, Conan, like, I, we're, we're, we're sitting here seven minutes to go um, taking it easy at the minute but I'm presuming we all know who's going to be picked here yeah we're, we're all happy enough yeah yeah I mean I think it's pretty obvious I mean it's been kind of obvious with the last week or two but I also think maybe the other reason why you wait out this this time is to allow maybe other deals or anything to happen later on in the draft. You know, like if you, if the Panthers want to trade back into the draft, you know, they could be making calls right now to do that. Like just be finding out what teams maybe at the bottom of the draft or in the middle of the draft will want to, you know, just maybe come out, maybe be like, okay, we're not too sure as things stand right now that our guy's actually going to be available there. So we may as well just trade out and get a couple of picks later on in the draft. Now, obviously, Carolina with trading for up for the first round pick for draft capital is a little you bit know, less than other people, but it should be fine, I think. Connell, that's a great point because when you go in the draft room, there are, you know, again, everybody's got their own way of doing it, but typically they'll have phones all the way around the draft room, the, the draft room, and those are direct to every other NFL team and their general managers and and so if you need somebody you just pick up the phone and you're right there and so they'll have staffers man those phones and and it i mean it's non-stop those things are ringing all the time because people are constantly throwing scenarios at you what would you give for the second pick who would you who do we have that, you know that you'd like for the second pick and a, and a first rounder next year all of those deals get discussed and then they have to get done so fast because typically especially when you're dealing with a quarterback or a potential quarterback that goes all the way to the owner and you know there are different owners are more active than others but um you know i think every owner reserves the right to have the you know a say on the first right on the first round pick i do too completely but i i do think that when you're the first pick and you're sitting, we're, we're five minutes in here, like, I mean, make the pick. They're, like, it's just funny when they, when they go to, like, the war, the war room, shall I say, or, like, the, the office or whatever, they're all just standing there. They're, they're not doing <laughs> They're just standing, like, as if... The best ones great. are the ones where the teams who aren't even drafting in the first round and they just show a picture of their war room and they're just all there watching it like we are. <laughs> 
just in case something happens in the draft. I it makes me want to watch draft day again for tomorrow, just to see how everyone goes. I have four about, minutes to go here. So how about Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury a couple years ago when he was at his quote house in in Phoenix and it was like. Well, that was I guess the thing trip. ended up being photoshopped. Somebody told me, or they rented it, or whatever. It really wasn't his house. But I know that the Rams have done that. The Rams have rented mm-hmm. the entire house in Los Angeles and turned it into their their uh, draft headquarters. Bit bit of movement in the in the stroke war room. Just to confirm here, Colonel, you've got have you got Sky Sports online here? Like, Sky, yes, and there's no buffer, no. So you're no. like me, you're just sitting watching it. So yeah. Frank Reich, Jeff, has just been patted on the back. So I'm presuming either he's ordered something on Deliveroo or Uber Eats or he's picked a player here. I mean, we're all presuming that it might be a quarterback that played alongside Mac Jones at some point. Um, And there's a comment there, war room, more like waiting room from DC. Thank you very much for the comment, DC. I I fully agree with you, my friend. Um, And (laughs) it's actually mad. There's been over 7,000 people that have watched this rally. So folks, can I I just thank everyone while we're waiting? Uh, Jeff, I knew there would be like this awkward wait, but it's definitely great crack, mate. We're just just sitting here. We're just just waiting for rice. It should should get better as you get down the picks. Picks in. I'm like... I think I'm five seconds basically behind you, so that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't need to te- you don't need to tell me who the pick is because I already know right now who the pick is. <laughs> it's um, I just hope because I I know you're on for the first few picks here, Connell. I hope and Jeff as well. I hope we have something happen in the tour fleet, especially three because it would be good to see something happen because the guys coming on the bit, Jeff, Jason, is a big Cardinals fan and he'll be very able to talk about. The uh, management or lack of management there, and uh, the new uniforms, and it, it, if they trade down, people are gonna go mental. They're gonna go mental. So we're talking here. What like what? We're a minute already since that pick's been handed. Lads, come on! Like. The commissioner's just the commissioner had a nap in between, and he's just waking up from it now. <laughs> Jeff, what's it like actually being there at the draft? Like actually it's being, it's amazing. I, you know the thing about the draft that's that's really incredible <laughs> is that I've been, you know, what the one in Chicago, they had over a hundred, I mean, maybe one hundred fifty thousand people outside the draft, and then the same thing last last year in Las Vegas. You know, it's it's a sea of fans and it's a sea of football people, and it's it's like for the personnel guys, this is like you know, their big year. I mean, this is their big day of the year and their, their lives go back to be <laughs> life of a scout. Let me tell you, is not very, not very uh, attractive. No, they're on, they're on the road all the time. They got to report, write reports every day. I mean, it's grueling, hard, grinding work, but this is their day. This is the day that they get to put all their cards on the table. And like Jim said, you know, if you're a regional scout, and let's say you're you're the Southeast Regional Scout for Carolina, and you you you're saying that Bryce Young's our guy, and then that pick goes through that way, that you're pretty that's a pretty proud moment for you. Well, he is Bryce Young, has been selected number one overall, the quarterback out of Alabama. Um, Jeff, top of quick minded, this guy is by far the standout quarterback in this draft, number one pick, uh, and Carolina get their man. Do you reckon Panthers fans have a lot to be happy about right now? Well, I think if you're a Carolina Panther fan, that you, there's a couple things that this kid brings to you. Number one, he's he's really, really a quality person. When you hear him talk, 
and you hear him talk about the draft and playing at Alabama and all of that stuff, he is exactly what you're looking for as, as a face of the franchise guy. He's got extremely good work habits. He's very much like Jalen Hurts in that way. Um, where I give him a separation from Stroud, even though he's five feet, 10 and three eighths or whatever they measured him at, um, he has the ability with his feet and his athleticism to dice you up outside the pocket. That's not Ben Stroud's forte, although against Georgia in the college playoffs, he did get out of the pocket and put the game on his back, and you saw a little bit more of that. But this has been the thing that Young does extremely well. Great decision maker, exceptionally accurate with the football, and that's critical. When you talk to quarterback guys and, you know, I've been so lucky in my time. I, you know, I've had an opportunity to coach four different Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. And the, the thing that separated those guys from everybody, they were all different kinds of guys. You know, Gino Toretta at Miami, Andre, Andre Warrett at Houston, Doug Flutie at Boston College, uh, Danny Werfel at Florida. All those guys are different people. They're all different sizes, different athletic abilities, all of it. But the thing, there's some consistencies in them number one they're great competitors number two they're accurate with the football and number three they make good decisions and that's how they got to be heisman trophy winning quarterbacks and, and opportunities to go to the nfl so that's not a guarantee of, of nfl success but that's what you're looking for a uh, big shout out connell to mark hogan for already doing that i don't know how i don't know how you done that so quickly but fair, fair play to him um First Alabama player to throw for 3,000-plus yards in different seasons. Set the single-season school record for passing yards and touchdowns. Um, his arm power is interesting, but in terms of his size and his instincts, I, I know you've been a big fan of him even when, even whenever we were doing our preview podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even just how good he is. It's the fact that, you know, coming out of high school, he was like, I believe he was the highest-rated quarterback coming out that year. And, you know, he put up amazing numbers. Um, I believe well, he's from California, he went to Matter Day, I believe. So, and that's that's a massive program. You know, they produce quarterbacks like No Tomorrow, really. Like, you have to be top, top quality just to attend that school, let alone, you know, get get to be the quarterback of that school. Yeah. And then he goes, and he goes to the biggest school in the country. He goes and then becomes the starting quarterback, becomes a Heisman winner. Like, he just keeps, he keeps showing why he's the best and he keeps showing like and he doesn't you know the, there's no situation that seemed to phase him and maybe he'd be a bit disappointed that he didn't get you know the the um the national championship while he was a starter but you know at the end of the day like he's a first overall pick now and there's nothing else that anyone can do to take that away from him this is it. He joins so many different first rounders in the past that it doesn't mean to say that they'll always work out. We've seen numerous first rounders over over the years, unfortunately, not make it work. But many have. Jeff, um, his playing weight is one hundred and ninety pounds. Now we had this conversation about height with different guys, and it turned into a TikTok meme. Um, any concerns about his uh, one hundred ninety pounds situation? There, are you, are you happy enough? I tell you, I'm more concerned about his his frame than I am about his height, right? And when I say that, I want you to understand why. And we talked about this, and and I, you know, I got very strong opinions on this. You, if you're throwing in any ball under forty yards, the tra- your arm angle, your the trajectory of where the ball comes out of your hand, 
there's no defensive lineman you're going to throw over if he puts his hands up, right? It just doesn't work that way. You throw through lanes. And that's one of the things that I like so much about this kid is he has the ability. His feet are never really out of position when he's in the pocket. He's been well coached all the way back to his modern day, you know, career, which is, you know, again, Colin's done some, done some groundwork here. I mean, that's a guy doing his homework and that's great to see. It's fun to share. It's fun to share the time with, with a guy that knows what the hell he's talking about, as opposed to some guys that just make noise. But I think when, when you look at that, his ability to move around, keep his eyes downfield, always put the ball and and this is really important. If you don't throw 35 touchdown passes unless you have the ability to put the ball where a receiver can make yards after the catch, right? We hear you hear guys talk about throwing a throwing a receiver open, and that's getting him a ball he can catch. But more importantly, you want to make sure that the ball that he catches, he can turn into yards after the catch right away. And here's an example of what we're talking about. When you throw when you throw an in cut, you want that ball to be 18 inches in front of the receiver when he catches the ball. Now, that sounds crazy. How in the world could you do that 18 inches? But that's the kind of accuracy that we're talking about in the National Football League. Because if that ball's on the back shoulder or that ball's too far out in front, he can't make yardies after the catch. And the other thing that he does extremely well is he protects his receivers by the way he throws the football. You'll see him if the ball, if there's a He's running a receiver's running an out cut, and there's a flat defender out there. He's not going to lead him into that defender. He's going to throw it on the back shoulder. And, and again, when you get to pro football, one of the things you teach receivers is if the quarterback throws you over the that shoulder there, your right shoulder, he's telling you turn to the right and get upfield because there are defenders around you that you can't see because you're looking back for the football, right? And that's the finite things that I think Bryce Young excels at. We have our we have our second pick of the NFL draft. Jeff, that was a beautiful time in there. Connell, do you want to tell everyone who the second pick is? Because I found a way to reply to Rappaport with the stream and about six hundred people watching this right now. So who is being selected second? <laughs> the number two overall take in the draft is CJ Stroud at quarterback of Ohio State. So. CJ Stroud, Jeff, quarterback Ohio State, as Connell said, um, a guy that needs to become more comfortable, obviously needs to develop more, but you know, very, very smooth, clean on his feet. And more importantly at this point, D'Amico Ryans gets it done, gets the pick on the clock immediately. And they've got their guy and, and they, they didn't, it looks like they just went for it at two and there wasn't much thought there. Well, you know, again, they feel like this guy can be their leading, you know, their leader for the next five years and he's going to be on a rookie contract what's that mean that means his his numbers against the cap are going to be low that's going to give them the flexibility to go out and spend money in other areas to bring in better players um you know right now the it's it, it, there's a couple different schools of, at work in the nfl the rams a few years ago popularized the idea of go get a veteran quarterback and then you know get a bunch of veterans and Give away your draft picks and play for the now. And then we've seen other teams go the other direction, the Joe Bur- you know, the Bills and, and the Bengals with Joe Burrow. You take that franchise guy and then you build around him, right? You go out and 
you use his low salary to go out and entice free agents and, and spend money on other places. So I'm sure that's the, the model for what Casario and those people in with the Texans are doing. I applaud the pick. Connell, what do you think of this kid? Uh, basically, basically second best quarterback in this draft. But if somebody told me that he went number one overall, I wouldn't, you know, doubt that pick at all. You know, they they're very comparable. It is just the little, like I guess I don't know if it's intangible is what you could call it, but like just the little things of just comfort in the pocket, things like that. You know. The, the extra little bit of a bit of mobility that Bryce Young gives you is just what like tipped him over the edge for me. But like, you can't really, like if you have two top quarterbacks, you kind of have to pick them, especially if you're a team who needs a quarterback. You know, you can't just wait around till they get to next year and hope that one of the top guys next year lands right in your lap. You you know, even if you did take a great defensive player this year, the quarterback position, you know, in today's NFL and really in the NFL at any time is extremely high so if you if you feel this guy is the right guy and feel he can even be a top 10 quarterback in the league like your team's going to be a contender for a long time i was talking about different stats for bryce young i mean jeff and um, in his college football career over over two years starting averaging 320 odd passing yards 3.4 touchdowns per game an average in his career so far of 9.8 yards per attempt uh, has been through adversity in the past i think you know, the Texans have had so many, not not rebuild situations, Jeff, but they've had a number of situations where they've brought in maybe the wrong guy, quarterback, or they've brought in different head coaches. It seems now when you've got the Michael Ryans there, you've got a guy that knows Houston, knows the team. He has to be given a chance, whether it's over the three to five years now, give them a chance and build this team around this guy because if it works, it's genius. And this has completely changed the tune of this draft because a lot of teams from 3 to 10 wanted Houston to not pick a quarterback here. Yeah, it's interesting with Houston because you go back to the Kubiak days where they started to show some progress and were a playoff team but never could get over the hump and then they bring in Bill O'Brien and again, you know, he gets them headed in the right direction and all of a sudden he has to have all the power in the organization. There's a huge power struggle, all kind of internal strife, and that blows up. And, and they just have seemed to, you know, the, the, the Deshaun Watson thing. And then, you know, they've had all kinds of front office issues. This is now the third head coach in three years in Houston. And that's no way to build a program. They need to, you know, whether Casario's the guy or not, I can't tell you, but they need to settle in for the long haul, have long-term vision. And, you know, again, I think this is a step in that direction. I'm really intrigued, lads, to see what's going to happen in Arizona here. Um, a minute 25 on the clock. It looks as if they're just sitting there. They're done. But there's been nothing online yet. Uh, Connell, do you want to make a stab of a guess? What's going to happen here? I think I think they're going to just stick and pick then Indiana picks whatever quarterback they like the most. And then Seattle, maybe, especially like with how much they like to trade down in the draft, it most oh. likely ends up being oh. that they will, or they trade. Oh, Christ. So the Cardinals have traded the third. Oh. They've traded with the Texans, Jeff. Huh? Texans are picking again. So they're going to pick Will Anderson. My or God. Or Jalen Carter. Lads, talk about Jeff, go for it. Third pick. What's going to happen? 
I, there we go. There's the Texans being extremely aggressive. Now you go picks two and three. I agree with with the fact that they've got to go a defensive player here. And you remember, Demeco Ryan's had great success in San Francisco running a scheme with four pass rushers, right? And the heart of that is your edge rush. He had Bosa in San Francisco. Will Anderson makes tremendous sense here for the Texans, but I think they've got to take a defensive player here in, with this pick. Pick is in. Her, is this, this Nick Casario just fucking smashed. Excuse my language, sorry. Nick Casario <laughs> just smashed the desk after that. After he made that trade, he's so happy. <laughs> well, it, it, to, to be fair, it's half one in the morning, so the watershed doesn't exist. I mean, I know it's yeah, half two in Hawaii, but this is this is ins- talk about that. Nobody's seen this coming. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Sure, it's the I've, the trade like terms haven't been announced yet but i assume it's the 12th pick probably a second round pick and then probably the browns pick next year maybe that's that seems like what would make the most sense in my mind anyway this is um this is mad mad stuff like i am just waiting for the pick here now i just i've got a feeling that this like this is not the only shock that we're gonna have lads in the first i mean there'll be more of this this is you know but look at this now this is you don't associate this with deshaun watson right but this really is an you know a outgrowth of the whole deshaun watson trade where they were able to have enough draft collateral because it's not players i can't imagine that arizona wants a bunch of players from houston they're not a very good football here we go here we go Right, call it. Who's it going to be? He's walking think, up to the podium. I think it's, I think it's going to be Will Anderson. Yeah. Here we go. With the third pick. All the, I can tell you terms after this goes through as well. Will Anderson. Jeff, go. you got it right. Like the, what, a, what a five minutes for Houston who have completely revamped their franchise in five minutes there will anderson coming to houston would you like to know the uh the draft or the go for it, compensation go for it, go for it. so it's the so the the cardinals or the texans get the third the third overall pick and pick 105 in this draft and then the texans have traded the 12th pick the 33rd overall pick and then the 2024 browns pick next year i believe or it, it might be their pick, but it's a 2024 first and 2022 and 2024 third rounder as well. Wow, Jeff, this guy's explosive. But both teams seem to win from that. Yeah, I think I think both teams are, are winners here. You know, obviously they get their edge pass rusher, the cleanest prospect in the draft by many people's evaluation. When I looked at him on film, the thing that shocked me about him is if if I was just watching the tape and didn't have any any idea about his measurables, I'd say that's a 235-pound guy because he moves like that. And then you go to the measurables, and it says 250-some pounds. Well, this guy is fluid. He's got a lightning-quick first step. He's got great hands. You talk about heavy hands. We talk about the ability to shock and lock offensive linemen and, and get off of them. He's a sideline-to-sideline player. He's going to, I think, be a great NFL player, and certainly for the Houston Texans they've already had a great draft and and uh, for Arizona I think it's a win for them because again this is a team that needs multiple help on defense there's a ton they need help in the secondary there's a ton of good secondary players in this draft I 
I graded nine players, nine secondary players as potential, you know, first year starters in the league. And I think that's where they're going to go with at least one of those picks. I'm going to come back to you in a second and get your thoughts on what's going to happen in, in Indianapolis. I'm going to say it very quickly. I, I think Will Levis is going to go fourth here. I have no way. I haven't seen anything. Uh, Connell, I mean, this is I just, just going on what Jeff said there. What a, what a turn for the books. And if it hadn't been for somebody in the comments saying that the pick had been traded, I wouldn't have known what was going on. I literally looked yeah. up the screen. People were going like a, like a movie, like in Rocky or something going crazy. Like I would have loved to, if any draft analyst or any person who made a mock draft with trades predicted that the Houston Texans would get the, would also trade for the third overall pick. Like they're lying. Like they made that in the future. Like they, they had a time machine and they came back and they made it because uh, that nobody saw this coming. I bet even the Texans didn't even see this coming. Most likely, <laughs> that's how that's how insane this trade was. Um, but they've literally just brought life, not even life into this draft. They have brought it back. They've just shocked it more than anything it has ever shocked a draft. Oh, wow. You know, Mike, I think I think drafts has gone exactly the way the people draft. Not the same team. But I <laughs> same players. Picks have been exactly the same as what the guys picked. And apparently, so the, the the Titans were very close to getting the number three pick. Once Houston picked CJ Stroud at two, the Titans pulled their offer with Arizona. So that's what's coming out here now. We're obviously waiting on the Colts. The Colts are on the clock. There's four minutes to go here until the clock is up. When was the last time Jeff a team um, missed out on their pick because they were too slow? It has happened. Yeah, there have been times when a team's, team never got the name to the to the podium fast enough, which is, if you can imagine that, that's absolutely crazy. But, you know, what the little bitty tidbit that Colin gave us there it was really critical the Titans wanted that pick. They were going to go up and take Stroud. That was going to be their quarterback of the future. And when Stroud went, they pulled the offer. And then Arizona had to go to Houston to get their deal done. I think this is really interesting. Now, that means Levis. If Levis goes, passes Indianapolis, he may fall a little bit. I, 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 really, I really hope it's Anthony Richardson because I think um, – Shane Steichen absolutely like the way he's developed the last two quarterbacks he's worked with. I think if he can get Anthony Richardson on his hands, it works out absolutely perfectly for the Colts. This is the firefighter guy, yeah. The guy that was he was looking to be a firefighter. He's definitely going to have a Netflix show in about six weeks, lads. Just going on this, but he's like he's so big and like fast in the way he can he just he can move unlike any other quarterback in this draft in my opinion it's it's interesting if it was him um i don't know jeff do you think the colts were looking at a guy like cj stroud or do you think they're happy they will be happy to get will levis or anthony richardson like they'll take either or at this point i I don't know it just depends on what they're you know what they they're going to do with their offense you know it's is uh you know it's one thing to develop jalen hurts it's another thing to develop richardson you're talking about two guys on a developmental curve that are miles and miles and miles apart from each other. You look at Hertz's throws. I mean, you got to remember, let's go back. Hertz was the starting quarterback at Alabama, mm. right? And he lost his job to Tua. And then he goes to Oklahoma and tears it up at Oklahoma. Richardson, guys, has not done any of that, right? Florida was a sub-500 football team. Florida. 
the University of Florida, right? They ought to be, they ought to win seven games just throwing their helmets on the field. Okay. So there's, when you got to keep, I mean, you really got to pay attention to those kinds of things. Everybody has fallen in love with this kid because he's so dynamic athletically. Here we go. But I'm telling you, Anthony Richardson, there we go. So Anthony Richardson going to the Colts, as Jeff said, there Jeffrey said, like this is a guy that he does need work and they need to try and utilize him, you know, going forward. But you know, his potential ceiling, Jeff, is one there where the sky's the limit. The Colts are gonna try and move forward. It's a huge year for Chris Ballard as well in Indianapolis. And this is a, a huge move. Think back twelve months ago to bring in Matt Ryan and now They've got a guy who was a one-year starter at Florida and um, had a lot of injuries as well. That being said, what a moment for him going fourth overall. We've had three quarterbacks in the first top four. Unbelievable. I, I think I think it's a, I think it's a high-risk pick. I don't think there's any question about that. I think everybody in football will tell you that. There's no guarantee he's going to make that jump. And, you know, you, you hit on something right there. For Chris Ballard, this, is, this could be – a make it or break it for him because if this pick doesn't work out and how much, how much did Jim Ursay have to say in this, you know, because again, he's an owner that gets involved in these kind of things. I understand where the Colts might go this way with a developmental college player because they've gone the other route ever since luck retired. They've tried what retreads guys at the end of their career. Maybe we could get one more, one more good year out of them. And, really that hasn't worked for him so now they're going to go the other direction take a young one try and build around him they have you know they have issues at the offensive line so again this guy's gonna have to use those athletic skills real fast in indianapolis Connell, this is um it's 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 a big moment for the colts and it's as jeff said rightly as well I think for fans in Indianapolis, it's not just a big moment for Ballard, but for Jim Irsay, who has had a number of interesting decisions over the years. I, I love Jim Irsay, but this is a hell of a call. Anthony Richardson looks like a guy that uh, is about to break into tears here. It's, uh, it's, it's a hell of a move for him. 12 rushing touchdowns in his career for 24 games. 15 interceptions. They'll love him in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think... I, like, look, he's not... He's absolutely not... I wouldn't he's not the finished product like that's as simple as it but I think you can see just a bit of a similarity between the way that if you remember in Lamar Jackson's first season where he wasn't the starter but they were literally using him basically as like a gadget like type quarterback where he came in and he would literally run the ball and I think you can see especially with how good you know Jonathan Taylor is and how good the Colts offensive line is I know had a down year last year how good you know it is in theory i guess like that running game at least will be really good and should at least in the meantime make up for anthony richardson's shortcomings you know just as a passer uh, at the moment anyway but i really i like this pick and i think shane steichen's the right guy to at least develop him this is a really intriguing question jeff if one of those quarterbacks that was not so if Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Richardson was still there at five, do you think Pete Carl and the Seahawks will be making a move? Because they apparently did say to Geno today that they were going to at least investigate it. 
they've obviously gave Gino that money in the off season, but they might have brought somebody in as a backup. Um, do you think that would have been a, an option, or do you think they would? Yeah, have I, to me, the the Seahawks made more sense for Richardson than the Colts did because it, they've got Geno Smith there, you know, and Geno tailed off a little bit at the end when his film started to get around the league a little bit more. But you know, he with that running game and the way that the, the Seahawks style of football, it's an easier transition and it would be an opportunity for Richardson to learn as a, as the backup kind of the old school way of doing it. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to play early in Indianapolis. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. Now I will, again, I'll admit this. I said the same thing about Josh Allen. I didn't think that he would be able to play right away. And the bills took the approach of just throw him in there and let him let him sink or swim um but you know indianapolis has got an interesting dilemma now on their hands you know this is a this is a long-term project i think you're looking at a three-year deal here before he's again he has not played an awful lot of football right and yeah particularly not a lot of high level football it's going to be really fast for him when he gets to training camp i'll be interesting to see it really interested to see how uh how they're able to to work with this kid and, and get him up to speed. He is an incredible athlete, and one of you said it. He's got an extremely high ceiling. There's no question. He's got the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the draft. <laughs> 